in Matthew, Matthew the 15th chapter, Matthew the 15th chapter. We're going to get as far as we can today, and what we don't cover, we'll cover later. Is that okay? <laughs> so, I want you to, let's look here. We're, we're continuing in our series, We Don't Shrink Back. Amen? Because when we shrink back, we shrink back to destruction, as the scripture tells us. But we see here in Hebrews, the 10th uh, chapter, 39th verse, but we are not of them that shrink back unto perdition or destruction, but of them that have faith unto the saving of their soul. Now, with that, I want to, we've talked to, we, said, we visited Caleb last week. We talked about declaration, and we're going to do some more declaration before we leave here today, because how many know you move in the direction that you declare? Amen. If, what do I mean by that? If, if you live in a state, in a place where your constant profession of declaration is I'm worthless, I'm no good, I never amount to anything, uh, God hates me, my body will always be broken, my relationships will always be destroyed, where are you more than likely going to end up? There. But what if we're brave enough to believe what God says about us and we're brave enough to believe that we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ and then we, our profession begins to align up with what we profess and we begin what we possess and we begin to proclaim and declare the promises of God over our life. The scripture calls this renewing of your mind. But that's all free. Let's look here and today we're going to talk about undaunted. Undaunted. And we're going to look at a life of an individual in the Word of God. We don't have her name. We have a little bit of understanding of her pedigree. But we're going we're gonna to see a woman here who was undaunted in the deliverance of her child. Father, I'm asking you, Lord God, today to do what only you can do. And that, Lord God, is to infiltrate our hearts, our minds, our souls, that we've come to the understanding that we are heirs and joint heirs with you. And I pray, Lord, today that you would cause the very spirit of offense to get its sorry, no good, backstabbing, lying self, get up and get out of the room in the name of the Lord, that we will not be children of God and be offended, Lord God, out of every place that we ever walk into. I pray, God, against the touchy-feely, and I pray, God, for resolve and a determination that we will live according to your will. And, Lord God, we want to gird up our loins, put our pants on, Lord God, and walk like men and women of God. And if anybody's in agreement, would you please say amen this morning? I don't know. I just feel a spirit of determination in the house. Then Jesus went out from there, Matthew 15 and 21, that Jesus went out from there departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from their region, and she cried out to him, saying, Have mercy, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Now, that word demon-possessed, I want to stop right there. You don't really find in Scripture, that's an English interpretation you don't really find depressed, oppressed, possessed. We're just going to say demonized, okay? It's under the influence and the control of a demon, okay? Under the influence and control of a demon. And so this, her daughter was demonized. And he answered her, I want you to see this, not a word. And his disciples came to him and urged him, saying, send her away. For she cries out after us. 
get rid of this noisy woman because she just keeps annoying us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except, he's addressing the woman, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came in verse 25 and she worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. He answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And he said, yes. She said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs from the, which fall from the master's table. Jesus answered and said to her, O oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be so. Let it be as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Now, let's look at this story. Jesus is still within the region of the area that pertained to the Abrahamic covenant. But at this point in history, Tyre and Sidon was not, did not belong to Israel, though it was part of the, the heritage of Abraham. And we see, and we'll, we'll, I don't want to get ahead of myself, I just want to look here for a minute and see that Jesus began to began to move within that, the area, the region that was, that was bequeathed, given to Abraham. And so now he's in this region occupied by, by Gentiles. And here comes this woman. I don't know where she heard of Jesus. We don't know that maybe, I don't know, the other Gentile lady that Jesus ministered to at the well of... You know, at the, at the well, the woman that was there that, that Jesus pretty much read her mail and, and, and then invites her into the relationship with him by drinking the living water. I don't know, maybe she was a long lost cousin of hers. Maybe this woman had ventured down from Tyre and Sidon and went in Jerusalem sometime in her journeys and maybe she, she heard news of, of things that were happening in Jerusalem and found out the hubbub and the chaos that was incurred in the crowds. Maybe, this was, maybe she heard about Jesus that way. Maybe it was the merchants that went through her village. Maybe it was some other person, a friend that maybe had an eyewitness of this Jesus, but somehow, some way, she heard about Jesus. Now, we don't know the condition. We don't even know the woman's name. And I think the Lord many times purposely leaves that out of Scripture so that you and I can gain some identity. Now, wait a minute. There's a no name there. I'm going to put my name in that place. There's a blank, and there's no name in that blank. I'll just put my name in there. So... We don't have her name. We don't know how her daughter came to be demonized. We don't know that. What we do know is that she's in Tyre and Sidon. In, in that region, there was an, a lot of demonic worship. It wasn't that they were not religious. They were religious. But they were just worshiping the wrong things, the wrong gods. They were bearing the wrong images. They were setting themselves up. In that aspect, we don't know if she was a young child or a teenager. We don't know how she became demonized and maybe too much hard rock, heavy metal music. Don't know if her and her 
preteen friends were praying with that Ouija board too long. Maybe they went to the witch doctor and the witch doctor put some voodoo on them and we don't know how she became demonized. We don't know if it was some post on TikTok. I don't know. We don't know how she became demonized. We don't know if it was a result of her trying to find some avenue or some area of deliverance because of some infirmity she had. Yes, do this incantation three times a day and you will be healed and delivered from this infirmity. Oh, no, wait a minute. It didn't work that way. Now you're demonized and now you're controlled by the devil. We don't have any of that backstory. All we know is that she's grievously tormented and she's demonized and she's under the control of the devil. Now, there's this woman who comes along. And she's not, she's an uncovenanted woman. What do I mean by that? She's not a part of the Israel. She is outside the covenant. So she comes and she's heard the stories. Somewhere, somehow, I I believe it was more than just just him walking in there. It could have been the very glory of God, of the Lord Jesus walking in. And and maybe there was a provoking of something, someone, somehow, a, a, a spiritual occurrence that all of a sudden she realized that there's the answer. I believe personally it was more than that. I believe it was an eyewitness. I believe it was somebody who testified. Why is it important for you and I to testify? It is because some. Somebody needs to know God's still in the business of deliverance. Amen? So we're here. She walks in. Have mercy on me. Mm. Well, she may be carrying around some guilt that maybe she was the instigator. Maybe the care of her daughter was so Burdensome because of the condition she was in. There's a lot of parents in this room today, and you carry around this guilt. It's like a companion that you carry alongside you, talks to you, speaks to you, tells you all the things that you've done wrong, how it's never going to be right. Those kids are never going to be set free. And it's all your fault. It's all your fault. You did this to them. And you may stay in that place till you get a witness that there's a better place. And that better place can be found in Christ. So Jesus comes. He said, have mercy on me, O Lord. I know who you are. You're the son of David. My daughter is severely demonized. Now, I'm going to pause right here, and I'm going to say to you in this room today, parents especially, and future parents especially, hear me. Hear what the Lord is trying to speak to the church in this hour. This woman, her determination would determine her daughter's deliverance. Her determination would determine her daughter's deliverance. Now the question for the church in this hour 
is how determined are we to see our children delivered? Now hear me. I'm not here to make enemies. I'm not here to make enemies. I prefer friendship. (laughs) But I'm also more interested as a son of God, a son of the Most High God, to deliver his, his word in this hour. Because God is interested in nations and he's interested in generations. And I cannot, in good conscience, let you loose from this house and not speak to you what the Father is speaking to me. Fathers, it is time, listen to me, it is time that you stop following your children and start leading them. How do we follow our children, preacher? Well, you follow them to football practice, baseball practice, band practice. You follow them to whatever event. You lead them and say things. It's okay for you to work on Wednesdays or on Sundays. You're allowing them to lead themselves in a place that's taking them out of church. Because you believe it is more important for them to have a work ethic instead of a righteous understanding of who they are in Christ. Is this okay? Is this too much? You mean dial it down a little bit? It's time, church, that we stop following our children. We live in a society that has so followed their children that our children decide before they even reach the age of accountability that they're going to change their very very sexual orientation. Orientation and their gender. What is that a result of? That is a result of a generation that has been followed instead of someone standing up and leading the way back to Christ. Well, it's easy, preacher. Your kids are grown. Oh, no. We had to live this thing out. My son was, if you see my son, he's six foot four. He's a massive man of God. He... You know, I had him, we had him a little later than the girls. The girls, our two oldest daughters, they just wore us out. <laughs> I had him long after my strength had gone. You know what I'm saying? As <laughs> a teenage boy had come in and he had sat in my lap. Nothing I could do about it. Nothing. He shaked me like a rag doll and there's nothing I could do about it. My only defense with my son was just to play dead. You know, we had an old cat used to go out and chase field mice and bring them in and play with them and play with them. As long as that mouse moved, he kept playing with it. But the moment that mouse lay dead, he got tired and went on. So I thought, I'm going to use that strategy with my son. <laughs> See, my girls were in high school, and they could already out foot race me on, a, on, on any given day. So my man card was already turned in. I just turned over to the fact that I was just not a, I just wasn't what I used to be. <laughs> I don't even know where I was going with all that. <laughs> so Jacob's playing football. We go out there, and the coach makes this declaration. You will not play if you don't, do not practice. No exceptions. So the coach was going to schedule football practice on a Wednesday night. We got church on Wednesday night. Every Wednesday. For the next few weeks, every Wednesday, you will be out here or you will not play. So I went to the coach. 
I said, Coach, you made a rule. I understand that rule. But we got a rule too. And I understand that my son is a, is a big, healthy boy. And it was so funny watching him play football because the little kids would come up to him and he'd just do this. I said, I understand that you made this rule, but you got to understand this. If you have to, I said, if you have to bench my son, you go ahead. But on Wednesday night, my son will be in church. You know what the coach did? He dismissed Wednesday night practice. Some of you got to say it. You don't know what kind of authority you hold. Oh, he benched my son. No, he changed his practice. And more than half of his team was in my church. Now, there was a time where Andrew was working a job. And there was a bank inspector that came in on the job place. And this bank inspector had been with her all day. And this bank inspector told Andrew, said, look, you're going to stay here as long as it takes to get this done. It doesn't matter what time it is. She said, oh, no, ma'am, I will not. Come, uh, come 445, I will be out of here picking up my children and we're going to church. Amen. What did that woman do? I'll see you tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. <laughs> so she shows up to the gym where my daughters are practicing basketball. And it's past the time where the girls should be playing basketball. It's a Wednesday night. We've got youth group. We've got church. So she walks in, and she snapped her fingers, and she, my girls knew what that meant. They got their attention, got moms, got their attention right then. And in that moment, she said, get in the car. And they dropped the basketballs in the middle of the court, and they took off. And about half the team said, we're going with them because we go to church with them. And the coach said, well, I guess we're done for the night. You know why? Because he wasn't going to buck up against a mama who's picking up her kids to go to church. It's kind of like the, the story of the unjust judge. At least this widow wearies me. She, she wears me down. What that means is if, if, uh, if I keep on, she's going to give me a black eye. And if he's, he's got the black eye, he's going to have to wear it everywhere he goes. That coach didn't want to wear that black eye. The other coach didn't want to wear the black eye. Why am I telling you all of that? I'm telling you all of that because when we entered into this kingdom, when we entered in and gave ourselves wholly to God, we said, Lord, it's not just us. It's the generation that follows. And we will set ourselves and it doesn't matter if we are popular it doesn't matter if we are liked it doesn't matter if we have enemies or friends we will raise our family to have vision for their future because it's not the now that I'm worried about as much as the future of my children but see if she didn't have much value on a youth service she might have just stayed over really good excuse there's a bank examiner there that says, you can't go. Oh, I really want to go. I don't really want to go. I just, I want to go. See what I'm saying? See, my God. What's the end result? It's a generation that rises up. They don't know who they are. They're governed by their feelings. You know what? Your body, soul, and spirit. I'm not going to go into that this morning, but I will tell you, your body 
only has a recept it only has a wanter. It doesn't have a governor. You can't give the body enough that it's satisfied. It'll gorge itself and come right back. It'll purge itself and just keep coming back. There is no end to the appetites of humanity. It's got to have a governor. And if you give way to the feelings, and what do we rise up? And we rise up, and now we, it, you can't even talk in sensible language to individuals because they're so touchy-feely that it'll end up in, in some courtroom somewhere or some banishment because what you can and cannot speak because we don't want to injure them. My God, church, we are stepping into a day where there's war on the other side of the world in Israel, and what are we going to do when that war is brought to our own home front? We're going to be touchy-feely or we're going to grab hold of, the, of, of God and say, Lord, I'm going to determine to see this thing through. You still love me? I don't, can't really determine by the looks in your eyes right now. See, I want you to hear me. I'm not just interested in you being blessed, and I want you to be blessed beyond measure. I want you to be blessed, overflowing with the abundance of a life of God. But I'm not willing to give up your children to the devil. I am determined to see their deliverance. I am determined to see them set free. I am determined to see God move there may be 10,000 teachers in the house of God, but my Lord, we need some mothers and fathers to rise up and say, my will determine, I am determined to see the deliverance of the children. And in this time, church, and maybe your children have aged out of your home, that may be so, but there needs to be a determination in you to say, I will not relinquish my kids. I am determined. I am putting the old things behind. I'm reaching for what is new. I'm going after God with all of my heart. And I will be at the house every time the doors are open. I will intercede on their behalf. I will go after the Lord with everything that is in me. Her determination would determine whether or not her child would be delivered you don't hear anything else, my God, please hear that. My daughter is demonized. This generation is demonized. Born into a world that they didn't create. Born into a world filled with. I'm not saying to you, you can't you do everything perfectly right. And still it's up to that child's choice whether or not. But you know, as long as they're in my house, I'm gonna, I can't get their emotions right. I'm going to help them. They can't get their behavior right. Well, I'm going to help them. They hadn't learned to lean on the spirit and the soul uh, the, the Spirit of God and giving information to their soul that their body may be in control, I'm going to make sure, I'm going to help them govern that. Amen? But in the process of that, I'm also going to empower them to make right choices. Now, I want you to look here. 
This woman comes out and she's pleading with Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God. He's walking through that area and she's pleading. Jesus, Son of David, my daughter, she's demonized. Have mercy on me. My daughter is demonized. Have mercy on me. Jesus, Son of David, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Jesus answers not a word. I guess I'll just go back home. No. She did not surrender to the silence. She didn't surrender to the silence. There's many times we make petitions of God and we don't see a, a, I'm going to make a, a petition on Monday and I'm expecting God to do something on Tuesday or I'm quitting. This mother and I, only by the grace of God in no other way, no other way, no absolute, no other way, but by the grace of God. And this is a beautiful thing about the grace of God. Anywhere you are in your timeline, once you stop and say, God, I'm tired of doing it myself, I need grace to empower me to do the rest. I'm forsaking my old self. I'm forsaking my old history. I'm forsaking my old heritage. I'm going to pick up some new habits from you. I'm leaving all that behind because I'm dead right here. And so I take up a timeline of God and I start moving that direction. God can take no matter where you're at, no matter if your kids are still at home or they're grown and gone, you can come back into the relationship with God. You can walk according to his will. And now all of a sudden the grace of God empowers you to do what you should do, do what you couldn't do before. It enables you to do the hard things. And now you begin to move in that direction. You start sowing different seeds. But how many know when you take the word of God and you apply it to your heart, you take it and you position it into the silence of the soil. See, I kept, we kept taking the word of God by the grace of God. We kept planting it into our children. We kept planting it into the children, and it became silent, and it was, looked like it was dormant for many years. It looked like there was no activity going on. It was, didn't, didn't look like it, but oh, we kept planting it and planting it and planting it. We kept planting for the future. We kept planting for the vision of God. We kept planting for a generation to rise up. Oh, I come from a long line of losers up until the moment I died, and now I am connected to a long line of winners, and now I'm walking in as a winner, and I'm planting, I'm planting, I'm I'm sending prayers ahead of them. I'm making sure that when they get to that juncture in their life, uh, even if they try to get off track, uh, there'll be those that'll come alongside and get them back on track. What was I doing? Uh, I was trusting, uh, not because God, uh, I couldn't hear the voice of God. Uh, I was trusting in the silence of the seed. Uh, and when that seed goes into the ground, uh, oh, you don't hear the thundering right away. It may take a decade or two, but my God, when it comes, uh, it screams of the glory of God uh, because Eden has been first. And you understand now, wait a minute, just because God didn't say anything. Some of you in this house today, you have sown and sown and sown in areas of destruction. And you come to God and you want him in one fell swoop to wipe out the system of sowing and reaping because you refused to follow him when he tried to get you to follow him. And you're angry with God because you don't hear his voice. And he's saying to you today, take the seed and keep putting it in the ground. Take the seed of my word and putting it into the ground and you will reap the harvest. Do not be, do not surrender to the silence. 
There are those of you that have planted those seeds and planted those seeds and planted those seeds. You have nurtured and watched your garden and you have trusted God and you believe the Lord for your children. There will come a harvest in your family. There will come a harvest in your family if you will continue not to surrender to the silence. Her daughter's deliverance would be determined by her determination. She was undaunted. She was undaunted. She refused to surrender to the silence. Now comes those well-meaning disciples who have their theological systems nailed down. They have been good Jewish boys all their life. They understand that these Gentiles are just tough luck. <laughs> you know, yeah, a centurion servant, but, you know, he had built that tabernacle for, or that temple for the synagogue for the Jewish, and so we'll, we'll let him in. That woman at the well, we ain't going to talk about her because that was just confusing. <laughs> So we don't want to touch that kind of stuff. But now we're here and there's, we're in, we're, they don't understand the necessarily Abrahamic covenant to the degree that Lord Jesus understands. But he's walking in this land that's promised to his, to, to his children, his descendants, and the nation of Israel. And so he's walking around and now they're out there and this, this, this Gentile Tyra, uh, uh, Sidon dweller, this pagan worshiper, she's up here calling out, son of David, you don't even know what you're talking about, woman. Get back and be quiet. Just sit down and shut up. Lord, could you just get rid of her? She is an annoyance. But see, this woman was teaching us a lesson. She was undaunted. Because her determination was going to determine whether or not her child was going to be delivered. Because her child is not in a state, not in a place, not in a mental, emotional, spiritual condition to deliver, to deliver herself. Maybe mama led her there, went, went to every, everything that everything she wanted to do, she just gave her. Everything that, that she wanted, every trouble she got into, she was always taking her out of that trouble, indulging her and empowering her to continue in that, in enabling her, I should say, to continue in that path that she was on. Maybe she's the one that took her into the witch doctor. I don't know. We don't know who's at fault and why it happened. But what we do know is that she met a man on the road and she knew that this was more than a man. This was the Messiah. This was the King of David. She had faith in what she had heard and so she came after him and said, look, it doesn't matter. Your resistance, disciples, is not going to deter my resolve. I have a resolve that's greater than any rejection you put at me. I have a greater resolve than any resistance you may put toward me. And folks, let me say to you, we've had ample, convenient opportunities to quit quit the church in the last 30 plus years. People are not always nice even though they speak in tongues. Leadership perspective is sometimes different than your perspective. There's been ample opportunity to cash it in. 
But there was a resolve that was greater than the resistance that we felt. And that resolve was, I will pass on to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. The insanity in my family stops here. No more suicide. No more addiction. No more abuse. I've drawn the line in the sand and I've stepped over And God has given me a father's heart to be a pastor. Not just a pastor, to be a father in the house. Because I'm determined. I'm determined to see your, if you're not going to, all you got to do is get them here. I'm determined to see a generation turn around and begin to follow God. We're not going to hire another youth pastor until God brings that youth pastor into this house. Devin and Bella are leaving at the end of this month. Come the first of next month, first Wednesday of next month, Andrew and I are going to divide and conquer. We're moving our services. I understand that I ask you for a big chunk of time. I'm going to draw back on that. And I'm asking you from 7 to 8 on Wednesday nights. The rest of this month, we'll start, still start at 6 and we'll end at 8. But come November, the Wednesday on November, the first Wednesday of November, Andrea, no music, we're going to go. She's going straight to the teaching and preaching of the Word of God. I'm going to be over there ministering to your kids and the youth. And we're going to continue that until God brings the right person at the right time, the one who has the passion, the one who understands their calling, one who understands the generation. But see, it's going to be no good. Zero ounce of any good if you don't bring your children to receive. Well, I got this bank examiner coming. Well, we got baseball practice. We got football, basketball. We got a band recital. We've got, are you clotheslined and preacher? I'm going to do anything and everything I can because I'm determined to see your children delivered from this debauchery and for them to be prepared. And if this generation is so lost with who they are, what do you think the next generation is going to be? My heart hurts for the condition of the church. At this point, I don't care if you're my friend or not. (laughs) Because my resolve is greater than your resistance to comfort. This is not a comfort kingdom that we have been born into. Where the preacher is supposed to get up and tell you everything that you never knew you knew about yourself would be so wonderful and good. My God, you've been pampered and pet long enough. It's time to take off your diaper, put your britches on, knock the bottle out of your mouth, and get to work for the kingdom of God. It's time to quit being a suck tit and start moving in the things of God. We're going to blame that on passion. Okay. You know, we get to the place and we're like, well, I'm not going to force my kids to go to church because I don't want them to resent God. Then you're running the risk of them never finding God. You send them to school every day. You're going to reach a point and you're going to want them to go to work. Some of you parents hadn't reached that age yet. Your little 
your little boo-boo, <laughs> you're going to want them gone because <laughs> they're going to grow up and they're going to have their own wants. They're going to keep their own schedule. They're going to be like those birds in the nest and they need to get out. <laughs> they need to go make their own way. They need to move out and start living life and start stretching their wings and discovering what God has in store for them. But folks, if you don't prepare them to kill the lions and the bears in the wilderness doing what the Father sent them out to do, they will never be ready to face the giants. Stop leaving them at a place where they declare all of their rights about being touchy-feely and start manning them up to say, look, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. It is time that you shrink the offensive target and start empowering your kids to live in a way that they know who they are in God. Help them harness their emotions. It is the, it is the discipline that brings the peaceable fruit of righteousness. You want peace in your house? Start leading your kids and start following them in their feelings everywhere they go. There'll be a pastoral vote next week. Y'all can do what you want. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. I've just watched and I've watched and I've watched and I've watched. You don't think a thing about them going to school or to work and having re any resentment towards that school or that work. I don't care if my son, when he got home from football practice, whether he wanted to be resentful over a bath or not. <laughs> You're going to take a bath, boy. <laughs> Before you even sit down on this couch, you're going to go in and wash your stinky body. I didn't care if he was resentful or not. I don't want my son to be resentful over soap. No, I want him to embrace soap and to clean himself. Here, use this brute by Fabergé. Come on, son, get it on you. You stink. I have this thing about body odor. But anyway... But more than that, I wanted his mind clean. I wanted my children's hearts clean. I wanted them to know who they are in Christ Jesus and what he's done in order to give them life and give it more abundantly. I didn't want to see their lives wasted from life of regret, self-indulgent, where they Put the pills in them to offset the emotions that they're having to the point that their body, their mind is reduced to a place where they can't even have a legitimate emotional response. We've got to live our way, our life in such a way. We have vision for our children. I didn't want a bunch of robots in my house. We purposely didn't make our children do, be hypocrites. We want an authenticity in our home and in the pulpit. We, we lived our lives by the grace of God, as much as we could. We did teach them that your choices do have effect on our, our family.
If you can't make the right choices, we're going to help you in that. But we kept taking the seed, putting in the soil. We kept watering it, watering it. Why? Because we weren't going to surrender to the silence. We were not going to. Our resolve was stronger than any resistance that we felt. And her determination brought about the deliverance of her child. And the hour's getting late, and I don't want to keep driving this. There's more to be said. I need you back here to hear it. But see, I don't want you to wake up one day, moms and dads, where convenience has become the, just become convenient. I know how hard-headed kids can be. I'm well acquainted with hard-headedness. I know all their tricks. But I don't want you to wake up one day and be sitting in a pew and wonder why your kids are not sitting beside you. And you may be in here today and say, I didn't have this information. I did not apply myself in these areas. I just didn't, I didn't know. I did not know. I was deceived. I was beguiled. That may be so. And that's a reality for many people in this house today. But I assure you, God's grace is sufficient and he will enable you to continue. So today I'm talking about prevention. Don't end up in that place where you're wondering why your kids don't have anything to do with God and end up in that place. And if you are in that place and you're like, my kids don't want anything to do with God, then start sowing a different seed today. Let them see the light because your determination is still going to determine their deliverance. I tried to go back and reach my mother and I did not have the opportunity to reach my father. My life, my mother lived a life where she never learned to govern her feelings. So I watched this firsthand. How a demonized person can Just continue to try to offset those emotions with something else. She was up to 30 pills a day, took the highest psychotic medicine that you'd ever can imagine, and it's been that way for all of her adult life. I'm telling you this on, on a personal example that you can understand. That's not the life God wants you to live. She's been completely off. Don't cheer. It's not a cheering moment. She's been completely off all medications for two weeks. No, 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 no. Her emotions and her expressions, her ability to express herself, it's gone. 
two days ago, I was able to sit down at the foot of my mother's bed after I signed the hospice papers. I took her in hand and I said, Mama, Jesus loves you. You know this. I said, are you ready to meet God? She said, no, I don't think so. I said, do you want to meet God? Do you want to have peace in your heart? And she said, yes. I was able to lead my mother to the Lord. Please, please, please. I don't want to, I don't want any sorrows. I don't want any of that. That's not why I'm telling you this. I don't want any cheers. I don't want any tears. I don't want any of that. It's not why I'm telling you that. I'm telling you that because there's someone in this house today. There's still hope for you. There's still hope for you. There's still hope that you don't have to get to the end of your life and accept Christ. And now, yes, I want to see my mother in eternity. I want her free. That's been my prayer for, for years. God, just take her when she's yours. Just take her when she's yours. I, I don't, I'm, 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 God has healed me from all the dysfunction. God has healed me from all of those things. I just want to see my mother come to Christ and God allowed me the opportunity to lead her to the Lord. And so I'm going to see her in eternity but with that said I'm saying to you if you've got issues you can get over them through the power of God you don't shrink back get undaunted church get undaunted so that you don't see lives wasted wasted 41 years old my father committed suicide wasted My older sister got all of her children taken from her. Her teeth are falling out of her head. She's got more health issues. You can open up a, a thesaurus on health issues, and you're going to find her name written underneath one of them because of the crack cocaine that she smoked and all of the drugs that she has done. It has been a waste. Let's don't waste another moment. And for God's sake, don't waste your children's future. Father, thank you, Lord. Father, thank you, Lord. Father, thank you, Lord. Worship team, make your way up, if you will. Stand all across this room, if you will. Oh, God, thank you, thank you, thank you. For, Lord, the hope and the privilege, God, Hope and the privilege. You know, I don't know that. I know you've you've got experience, and some of you are in this house today, and you think, "Man, I'm I'm lost." You couldn't have been near as lost as I was. I just felt that way. I was so lost. I was so much a self-abusing, lost individual who had to look up to see bottom. You know what I'm saying? I'm just lost, broken, lost. Guys, go ahead and start playing whatever you got there. But you know what? The Lord found me. He gave me the opportunity to change the course of my destiny and the course of my children's destiny. He put a vision in me before I was even born again. Put a vision that I wanted a better home life for my kids. I just kept screwing it up.
trying to do it myself. Oh, we might have lived a, you know, decently moral life, and, but ultimately I was still going to self-destruct because my nature hadn't changed. But oh, when I surrendered, she's pregnant with her oldest daughter under such deep conviction laying in the bed that night. I just got to the place. I said, Lord, save me or kill me, but I can't stay this way. You know what the Lord did? He answered my prayer. He killed me and saved me all at the same time. I died that day. And I woke up a new person. If you're in this house, this first appeal to us. See, because God's already tapping on your heart. You're in this place. You know, people that commit suicide, they're just, they don't want to die. They're just tired of living the life they're living. Let me say something to you. Hadn't you screwed it up long enough? Why don't you let God have it and see what he can do with it? I mean, you're tired of living it anyway. Why give it to the devil? I had that conversation this week with an individual who was contemplating suicide. I said, one millisecond after you pull that trigger, which she tried to do, one second after you pull that trigger, you are going to live eternally with regret over your decision. Why not go ahead and just give that to the Lord and see what he can do with it? But if you're in this house today, God's dealing with your heart. This is your day. Step out and say, God, I don't want to keep living the life I'm living. I want to surrender my heart to your Lordship. If that's you, I want to, I want to meet you right here. Right here. Now listen to me. Parents, If your level of commitment's not going to get a level of commitment to your children, you need to get to the altar and ask God for forgiveness and grace to live out that life. If you profess to have a vision for your kids, you need to start living that vision every single day. Every decision we made was based upon the vision we had for our kids. We've lived a visionary life because our vision was not for us. It was for our children and our grandchildren. And if you're not living that commitment or your kids are, 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 are not grown, you need to ask God for his help. If they're grown and gone, you need to ask God for his help. To say, Lord, God, today is the day. Find a place to kneel and pray. If you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, come right now. I want to meet you right here. Right here. Come on. Come on. I'm going to turn the microphone off. They're going to turn the video stream off. It's going to it's just you and God, and I'm just going to talk to you right now. Come on. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray. If you're a parent and you need to ask God to, re, you need to commit yourself to the grace of God to be empowered to do what God wants you to do, get out of your seat, find a place to kneel and pray. Say, God, I'm going to live my life according to vision. Come on, get out. Get out right now. I know you're in here. Just find a place to kneel and pray. If you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, come on. Come on, come on. Worship team, just right now, just begin to sing whatever's on your heart. Come on, just begin to sing whatever's on your heart. I know it's tough. I know it feels tough, but it's not meant to be tough. It's love. It's love that we're trying to share with you. Come on. We're not fault-finding. We're just trying to enable. We're trying to help you today. Come on. Come on. In the name of Jesus, just surrender. Just surrender. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Come on. Do I have any mothers and fathers in Israel? 
We have any mothers and fathers in Israel? I want you to come right now and just begin to begin to lay hands upon those and begin to encourage them, begin to pray blessing over them, begin to pray blessing over their children, begin to pray blessing over the future generation. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Right now, receive it. Right now, receive it. There's a new determination right now. Oh, my God, we will see our children delivered. We will see this generation come to know you, Lord God. Oh, my God, Lord, my God. Your word is strength. Your word is power, Lord God. Lord, thank you. Lord, every stronghold is going to be broken. These children will be delivered. They will be set free. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I want you to do this right now. God's going to release something in this house. Grandparents are going to stand in today. This, God's going to release something today. I want you, if you're willing to receive it, those that are in the altar right now, you're going to receive it if you open your heart. Grandparents, you're going to receive it. There's going to be a holy resolve coming to your heart. You've had the determination before, but you're going to get tenacious with this determination. You are going to decide through God's help. Right now, I believe there's going to be a release. If you're in this house, we're going to receive this release right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. There's going to be a brand new resolve. Huh. There's going to be a brand new, there's a takeover today. There's a takeover today. Oh, the enemy has tried too long and too hard. If your family's there, you can bring them with you. Come on. Uh, just those of you in the altar, just scooting a little bit closer, a little bit closer. Let's make some more room. Let's make some more room. Now, I want you to receive it. We're receiving by faith. We're receiving by faith today. If you're in the balcony, we'll wait on you. We're going to receive by faith today. There's a, your your children are coming out. Your generations, they're part of your heritage. They're coming out in the name of the living God. In the name of the living God. Don, I'm going to switch mics. Turn me up a little bit. In the name of the living God right now, there's a release. Just get ready to receive it. Get ready to receive it. Father, in the name of the living God, Lord, there is no one more resolved to the salvation, Lord God, of generations than you. And, Lord, there is a divine determination that you're releasing. You're raising up mothers and fathers in Israel. It's not just their children they're going after, Lord God, but it's the children of this generation. Father, in Jesus' name right now, let there be a release, a release, a release, my God. Lord, there are children that are bound. They're bound in 
sexual perversion. They are bound in, in, in demonism, Lord God. They are bound in the worldly system. They are bound, Lord God, their children that are contemplating suicide in the name of the living God. You devil, you get your hand off of them. They do not belong to you. They belong to God. We will stand in holy resolve. We will stand. We don't care about the resistance. We are determined that we will see a generation. We will see a generation that will rise up out of the ruin and they will rebuild the old waste places. They shall build the foundations of many generations. And in the name of the living God, there's a release right now. There's a release right now. There's a release. There's a new determination. What is it? It's vision. God has given you a new vision for your family. He's given you a new resolve in your heart. You're going to make every decision based upon that vision. You're not, you're not the one fueling it. God is fueling it. All you're doing is walking in it. You're just believing in it. You're just receiving it right now. It's grace. You responded to God in faith. He's releasing grace in your life. He's releasing grace in your life. Now listen to me. Listen to me right now. That thorn of guilt that is stabbing your heart is gone in Jesus' name. You're not going to walk in guilt. You're not going to continue in guilt. God is removing that thorn out of your heart right now. Right now. You're walking out in vision. You're walking out knowing God has taken the scales off your eyes. Father, you set us free to set others free. It is for freedom we have been set free. Now, Lord, there is a thorn of guilt that has so wounded hearts today. And, Lord, I can see your fingers reaching down as tweezers, and you're pulling it out. Somebody right now can feel the physical release of that thorn. Right now, it's coming out of you right now. You're going to see differently. And the Lord is applying right now. He's applying the healing to your heart. He's, he's applying it. You're, you're, going to, you're going to walk in a new peace and a new freedom with a holy resolve and a divine, a divine determination that you will see your family delivered. And your prayers are stronger than the stronghold. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name.